We'd like to introduce and thank Hughes Castell, a premier legal search firm in Asia and a pioneer in legal and compliance search in Greater China since 1986. Hughes Castell's trusted brand name gives it unparalleled ability to engage top-level legal talent in a broad spectrum of industries and commerce, including top Fortune 500 corporations, banks, and international law firms. I know I've personally worked with Hughes Castell before both as a candidate and as a client. I can assure everyone that their level of service is absolutely excellent through and through. everybody on the same boat and I tell you that transparency on the update is very important even when things go wrong mm. because when things go wrong then the investor who didn't have any news is gonna say something fishy there the yeah. guy didn't work why they didn't tell me that this problem I could have helped I could have put more money yeah. so they will be more willing to support you in a good and a bad time you know what follow-up if I ever decide to write a book the title of the book will be follow-up there's a lot of people who can pitch, but only the one who can follow up succeed. This is the reality. It's another level for me. Yeah. So you need to follow up constantly. So despite the fact that we are a private platform, we are in reality much more open than other investment infrastructure. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Built in China, part of the Gambay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jing Liu, and we are very glad to have today being with us, David Gali, who is the founder and the director of CrossFound, and in his past career, and also now, he's also executive advisor, founder, and researcher, working in the ICT fields for more than 25 years. So David, very glad to meet you today. And maybe you can give a bit more introduction about yourself and how you entered up into this startup-related ecosystem. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Happy to be in Shanghai also <laughs> after one year. Yeah. I lived about seven years here. So I'm Italian originally. I moved to Shanghai in 2015, and it was an interesting time of my career. I was more focused in the previous 15 years on IT services. And then I decided to go back to startup. Originally, my, my first dip into IT business was as a founder. I started a company quite young. I was 26. And after six months, I was lucky. I was acquired by one of the largest private equity in the world. And we ran a pre-IPO. It was 99, 2000. So it was wow, the first. Wow, that's very early time. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. And it was an amazing experience. I learned a lot. But it was very... Consuming. As a founder and as an entrepreneur to start your own business, right? Yes, and also the growth was insane. We grew to $100 million revenue in 18 months and the company grew to 2,500 people. I was running 400 people at that time. So it was a total experience. And so after that, I decided to slow down and focus more on the innovation IT services. And, but then when I came to Shanghai in 2015, I wanted to go back to the startup. Well, I, I always like to work with innovative projects. I started actually AI, working on AI in 2002, and it was not sexy. And my specialty was NLP, and people, 
really didn't understand it stand for natural language process. Yeah. They thought it was talking about neural language programming, <laughs> so psychology technique. And then it was amazing here. I had, had a great experience and I started a tech accelerator out of Hong Kong and we helped a lot of foreign living in China or wanted to do business in China. And then also Chinese company wanted to expand on a global market and we helped about 30 companies. And then uh, that's how actually, I think it's enough for his introduction, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, very well any... experienced uh, in this okay. startup and also in the tech domain. So yes. that's, uh, is that the reason why you're entering into the cross fund or how did you start your current business? Yes, actually that I was going there, but I realized it was a little bit of topic. I noticed that some of my company, portfolio company, were struggling to raise capital. They were, they had deep tech project, a very strong technology. Some had a unfair technology advantage, but they were struggling to be seen by traditional VC. And they started using some alternative platform, crowdfunding product, angel network, and so on. So I started realizing that there was a space to be explored and that maybe I could help the company. I was already helping them with seed rounds, investing ourselves or myself, and making introduction, improving their deck. So I was already helping and raising capital, but I realized that probably I could do more. And so that's how I had the idea to think of a new way, something new on the market that could actually help more startups to, to raise funds successfully. So how does cross-fund work? Okay, CrossFund is a, is a different model. So we have a professional approach to investment. That means we do DD, we work only with the refer a startup. So we make sure that there is no scam in our platform. It is a tech platform, so that's what I want to say. We are not a financial institution, we are not a VC. We cooperate with the ecosystem, so we are a tech enabler. And the different, the main difference with comparing to the professional investment approach is that we are not on the seller side. So we did something that only few people are doing on this market. This industry of investment is there on the buyer side. I would say 99.9%. And I understand why. Because they have the money. Yes, it's easy. <laughs> it's easier, right? Yeah. You stay very close to the money, you provide a service to the buyer, yeah. and they get a commission, and that's it. And this is actually we see how we see work funny because many people, majority of people I meet in the startup world, they don't know how we see work. They don't know their business model. Yeah. It's fascinating. They, many people think that VC are investing their own money, which is not what happens. And I have the discussion continuously. I have to say, as a VC, we're very good to create this marketing aura around themselves, right? So they are the go-to-go the destination when you raise capital because they found that at least 80% or the startup of the system. But when we monopoly, there is always a down, down. So we wanted to change this and propose an alternative. So I think I, then there are more details about the platform, but I think this is the main thing. Oh, I would say the last thing that we focus on only on emerging market. So we don't touch USA or mm -hmm. Scandinavian country. We are focusing on the emerging market. What are the emerging markets that you are right now focusing on? Okay, we start also with some company from China yeah. and then Southeast Asia. So our main market now I would say is Asia. Second one is Africa. We have, I think, nine deals in Nigeria and Africa is the best performing continent right now for us. And now we are looking at MENA. We already done four or five deals. And we had our first deal in South America. And now we are looking also at Eastern Europe. So it's really widespread all over the world. Yes, we are global, but with a focus.
Yeah. So we don't cover, I would say we cover 40% of the economy. Yeah. Maybe now 50 because the emerging market is growing. Yeah. 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 I see last year when you did your first year summary, it's already very impressive with the numbers you achieved. Because I think CrossFund was established in 2021, right? Yes, it was actually we incorporated in May mm-hmm. and we launched our first campaign in June. So, yeah, we didn't prepare before. Yeah. We just executed on the idea very fast. So the, fir- the first year we were able to deploy 1.5 mil and then the last year mil. Mm-hmm. So the growth was quite big. This year we are targeting 100 mil. So RMB or US dollar? Dollar, sorry. Dollars, the yeah. only currency I use is dollar. <laughs> Very global. <laughs> yeah, well, all the rest is monopoly money. Yeah. But how do you grow so fast? Like, I understand like you already have a foundation and you really understand that about the network. Mm-hmm. But really like to make a network with commercial values to really grow into a scalable platform. Mm-hmm. That sounds to me very challenging and very tough as well. How did you achieve that? Yeah, this is a good question. I have to tell you that we made some projection when we start, like every startup, they are wild. Mm-hmm. And what we predicted happening in 2022, it happened exactly. So that is the most shocking thing. <laughs> and when people tell me, how oh, can you make 100 mil? I said, I predicted 2021, so I think I, 2022, I think I can predict 2023. And we are kind of on track right now. Our growth is tendentially over 65 mil so i think we are able to achieve the target okay let me tell you we, there is always a little bit of luck definitely i realized that the timing was right because starting the company during covid mm-hmm. made us very remote yeah and easy to scale so for example we have people in india we have people in vietnam we have an office but people don't go to the office and this allows to hire people much fast yeah. so we are able to deploy brain and money very fast yeah. so this is this i think one one reason then uh, this post covid scenario help us too because it allows us to contact angels remotely before covid if i contact an angel i don't know in singapore and i'm in shanghai normally the guy will tell me okay next time you're in singapore let's go to the coffee but now it was like oh you know what let's do it so we got people coming on board on the platform in one week. So there were some accelerator and also some good choice. Focus on emerging market. The many American platform, they actually lost market last year. Republic lost 40% and we found them managed to grow, but most of the platform actually didn't grow. And when they asked me, what, how did you do? I, my answer is emerging market, baby. Like the startup here have growing economy. Yeah. They can grow, they can make numbers. So it's, it's it, these, these are all, I think, the fact that, of course, we already did it before. And the other thing I would say, I was used to China speed. Like some, when some people tell me, oh, that's fast, I say, yeah, but in China probably doesn't seem that fast. Could right? be faster. <laughs> Could be faster, right? Yeah. So w- w- when you live here seven years, your idea of growing fast changes, yeah. right? So I had the first hyper growth experience when I was young. And I had a seven years of super growth in China. And so the definition of fast and speed change is relative. And that really fits the emerging market needs as well, because they want the fast, they want the pivoting and attracting the investors very quick. Yes, 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 absolutely. With, uh, I'm just interested because you are on this sales market and trying to close the deals, really get the things done. And how do you see this, like, for example, the startups in the emerging markets mm. can quickly get the fund, mm. achieve what they target as cross-funded okay first of all yeah you're right we have a very high success rate actually right now is 95 percent 
yeah. which is unheard on any platform. It's higher than VC deployment exactly. rate, which is 85%. It's lower than Accelerator, of course, because they have a budget and batch. So in terms of efficient structure, Accelerator are more efficient than us. But definitely we are very proud. We're trying to keep very high this percentage. I know it will not be always possible. The, <laughs> the more we grow. Okay, my advice how to achieve fast speed growth. Okay, the first thing is want to do it. Because I see many times clients that are very conservative or realistic. Yeah. And this was one of the lessons that I, I learned from my business mentor when I was very young. If you don't achieve a high speed on paper, there is no way you will do in real life. Give yourself some goals. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have, first of all, very ambitious goal, you will not even try to solve the problem. You don't yeah. even know that you have a problem, yeah. that fast growth is necessary. Yeah. You will think, okay, I have to just go there, go out there and let's see what happens. If you do that, the chance for you to actually achieve something, they are very low. Yeah. I can tell some story about things I learned, but then this podcast become too long. But I think the short version is like, give yourself a very ambitious goal, yeah. and then spend time to try to understand how you can hack the growth. And the second thing, but this is for every company, talk to people who already have done it. I mean, you may be lucky and smart enough to achieve it, but you can use advice. So yeah. this is actually one of the things that we try to do with CrossFund. We try to bring smart money. Yeah. For me, it's not just an alternative source of fund. It's an alternative source of resources. I used to say that the best mentor is a business angel, <laughs> right? Somebody yes. who is po pocket committed. And so ask people who have achieved, look at what they've done, but don't just read the books and the article in the post because you cannot trust the 100% what is written there. Yeah. You will not find in many posts the real secret. Just go real with people in a private environment and they will tell you, they will tell you what are the secrets. Yeah. It's very true because what's in theory and what's when you actually do the business, there's still quite a big gap in there. And talking with the people and especially like resourceful people help to, at least I think, help the founders to understand a bit more of the potential challenges or the new growth that they might find. Yes, and maybe get a good intro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the end of the talk. Yeah, because we are also like, Exnode a, a, is also a platform-based accelerator, so we really understand like finding the people, especially the local people with good resources, yes. that can add extra value besides money. Yes. Because money is important, but also what resource for... Smart money. Exactly. Yeah, smart that money. I quite agree with that. Among all these numbers that you have achieved with mm. cross-fund, like raising the funds, getting the deals, covering like almost 40% plus of the emerging markets, what do you think is the biggest milestone to cross-fund or to you personally? That we have achieved so far? Okay, I would say probably the growth of our portfolio because we were expecting good results, but in the first pretty much year, which was 2022, we managed to achieve 3.2 times, so it's 320%, which put us on the top performers already, mm -hmm. top 5%. So I, I think probably this is the, the most exciting thing because also 80% of this company already raised a second round, mm -hmm. so it's very active portfolio. And by the way, we're gonna have the first exit this month. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, it, it should be announced very soon. This is, this is probably the thing that I'm, I'm most proud because it means that we are having a positive impact yeah. in the ecosystem and uh, I hope that we can grow in a, in a sustainable, healthy way as well. We mm -hmm. are not just 
looking just for the numbers. Like the first time we didn't close a campaign, we almost got depressed. <laughs> they said, you know what, 30 campaign, one fail is okay. Yeah. We can live with that. But as I said, you need to have a high ambitious goal and try to achieve every month and give yourself discipline. Yeah, this is another good advice. We send out updates to our investors as well every month and the founder should be the same because that's the way you are accountable. So you have a target and then you have to answer them. Of course, you don't need to act like a multinational corporate with 1000 KPI. I would say choose one main KPI. It's the KPI that tells you my business is doing good. I'm yeah. doing something right. Maybe not everything perfect, but mm-hmm. I'm going in the right direction. Choose that and maybe after one or two years you choose a second, third KPI, then you make your dashboard more complex. You should identify one KPI to track. And that gives the confidence to both the company you are building yourself yes. as well as to the investors. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Keep everybody on the same boat. And I tell you, the transparency on the update is very important even when things go wrong. Mm. Because when things go wrong, then the investor who didn't have any news is going to say something fishy there, the guy didn't work, why they didn't tell me that this problem, I could have helped, I could have put more money. So they will be more willing to support you in a good and a bad time. Smart money. Yes, yes, yeah. For example, on CrossFund, I think already 40% of our investor, they did a follow-up round. Uh, it's quite impressive. And, uh, it's painful to write updates every month, trust me, but, but it's worth it. And by the way, it's my partner Ben who was writing most of them. I do the drafting, they do the proofreading and writing a few parts. So but I, that I helps a pain. lot to increase absolutely, their values. Absolutely. Yeah. So we push our founders to do that. We have in our contract mandatory quarterly update hmm. from the founders. We give them tools to build the update and we'll do more in that regard because we think you know what, follow-up. If I ever decide to write a book, the title of the book will be follow-up. There's a lot of people who can pitch, but only the one who can follow-up succeed. This is the reality, it's another level for me. So you need to follow-up constantly. Yes. Not, many people think, oh, you pitch, good, yes, no. Ah, it doesn't work like that. Very interesting because it reminds me like when we think about the investor and the startup relationship, it's say when you got the money, it's you got the marriage. But then you need to live your marriage life and yes. continue the relationship. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And in this case, even before you get to marry, you have to be... Yeah, yeah there will be boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancé for some time. Yeah. So follow up, uh, I think it's a crucial phase for any business relationship. Yeah, that's really a very good tip for our startups. And then also you mentioned like you help your portfolio to have this kind of like maintenance follow-up, continue to tell about the process. And I see like with your portfolio, they're crossing different industries. Like the majority are still in FinTech, e-commerce and lifestyle. So are these like the faster growing in the emerging markets? How do you see like the industry span of your invested portfolio? Yes, so we are sector agnostic because we believe that the platform should be a little bit generalist and we cater a vast community of accredited angels. We have over 12,000 now, and we are growing by six, seven hundred, eight hundred per month. These angels have different skills, different interests. The metaphor now that I'm using lately is VC is like a BBC channel, right? <laughs> like a big TV sta- station. They have to cater media interest. Maybe have the host is a star, famous star. And we are more like Netflix. Like so on Netflix you can choose what you want to watch yeah. and what you want to invest 
And also there's a lot of me, Anaheim or Hollywood, 30 classic or Italian Vida movies and so on, right? So you can choose. So I think it now is in our mandate to be to offer as many choices as possible. And we believe that, I believe that the number of startups is growing exponentially and GPT-4 is going to accelerate this. Many people think, oh, now this is kill, a job killer. It's not a job killer, it's an MNC killer. It's yeah. going to make much easier for people to start their own companies. Yeah. Like now we make a podcast without having a radio TV station, right? Yeah. And so it's much easier for small entity to go up there and compete. So what is happening more and more startup and there will be niche unicorn in very small segment and this will not be most likely funded by VC because they are too niche. Yeah. It's true that many VC are becoming very specialized, that's also a trend. VC are transforming, some they're going back to funds, some they become accelerator and some they're specialized in focusing on the sector. But our approach as a tech platform is different. So we, I think we could, we are, we already see some trends that maybe we want to correct. For example, we realize that if we launch too many fintech deal on the same month, mm-hmm. that is not a good thing. Because it dilutes the interest. Yeah, and the interest. Right? Yeah. So we are trying, or maybe we get too much in the region. So we are learning also how to manage the portfolio. So probably this year we're gonna have some kind of filter or corrective mm-hmm. during the DD process because also we get so much flow so that's very interesting because usually like when we think when you go industry vertical that might attract more relevant VCs or people's yeah. interests but actually like for you the generalization and kind of being selective and yeah. pitch to what the VCs are interested yeah. or let them have the selectiveness yes exactly in fact I tell you one thing every day now at least once per day I receive a company from a VC that they ask me if we can help to raise fund and we, 10% of our angels, they're actually professional. Family office, micro VC, even larger VC now. They see value in the access to the deal flow and the community. The validation in the early stage is very hard to achieve. And VC normally achieve validation by grouping in a ticket. But in early stage, the tickets are small. And there is no financial to analyze. Yeah. Sometimes it's a pre-revenue or early revenue. We do early revenue. So which numbers are going to check and then you rely just on the founders. That means that only certain level of founder that already exited or come from Harvard will get funded. What about the other new A founders? So this is actually our space and so the platform we are building is is becoming more and more an ecosystem for the players in the investment world. It's not just for the business angel more. And, and, and sometimes we know we, what we see and sometimes our investment manager reach out to them and say, hey, I think you should look at this company because it's right in your alley, right? And because we are not on the buyer side, it's very easy for us to cooperate. We, we don't compete. Yeah, so it's more like a very mutual platform, but yeah. like you get a really very good circle because yeah. the investors are not only the investor themselves, they bring in their portfolio and their resources to make this ecosystem more Correct. active. That's really impressive. Another question is, because I'm personally more interested in Southeast Asia. A lot of the Chinese companies right now, when they think about going global or attracting overseas fund, US is still popular, but with different reasons, it might be a little bit hard or the second step for them to touch. So Southeast Asia is getting very popular among, say, Chinese tech founders looking for overseas funding or looking for the first step of overseas market growth. Do you see any opportunities for Chinese tech founders in that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you one thing. I think China is the best startup gym in the world. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Competition here is, uh, some That's people would say, cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's say it's very high. And so the founders who actually managed to succeed or getting close to succeed here, I think they definitely have acquired a lot of skill set that are useful. Actually, one of our best performers in Africa, the founder is Chinese. <laughs> yeah, she moved yeah. to Ethiopia and built a clone of Rappi in Ethiopia. And actually, the founder of Rappi is the first business angel who came on board. And uh, then they got inside YC. Then we made a round with CrossFund. And now they've done already another round. It's already almost 40 mil valuation. So there, there is definitely great potential for Chinese founder. As I said, China speed is a good training field. Yeah. And on the other hand, I would say that there is, there is also some advice that I can give them, which is symmetrical to some advice that I got or things I learned when I was here. It was like, this is China, right? And then I would say to them, this is not China. <laughs> so the opposite. If you go to Southeast Asia, it's not China. The same like it's different from the Western war, then the country have different dynamics. So my first advice would be like find local partners, maybe a co-founder, know your environment. Because otherwise you risk to, to do the same mistake that many foreigners did when they came to China. They handled China market like it was another country, but China has its own specifics. Yeah. And so Southeastern, Southeastern country, by the way, they are much more fragmented than people think. The same like China is more fragmented yeah. than people think. It's not they, one China, it's no, one China. No, there's many China, right? Yes. It's not it's Different China. languages, it's different China. culture. Exactly. So it's the countries in Europe. It's more similar to countries in Europe than the states in America. And so the same for Southeast Asia. They have similarities and they're geographically connected, but there, there's a lot of difference. Yeah. And But there's we are seeing a lot of companies that are doing they are playing the game played in China. Like Zero, we have a company, Hey Plus, who are playing the same game in Vietnam. They are modifying, changing, adapting. The founder is Vietnamese, but he studied at Harvard, and then he has experience in China. He knows the market, and they are playing the book. We used to say that business angel in emerging market is like time travel. Like <laughs> Pakistan is 10 years behind India, yeah. India is like five years behind China, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. So. Sometimes you don't have to invent a new business model. Sometimes you can just modify and adapt something yeah. that is working. And the needs may be similar, the cultural, there, there is some similarity. The more far you go, of course, the less this is true, but you can get inspired by many things that have been done in China mm -hmm. and can be deployed or replicated or modified successfully in other countries. But you still need to recognize that what you have achieved in China has that advantage, but however, localization and Correct. finding a local partner is so yes. important. Yes, otherwise you will be pushed out like the foreigner will try to conquer market in China. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good comparison, I really yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I said, you, you will be the foreigner, you yeah. will be the Laowa. Yeah, and no matter like how strong you are within China, yeah. when you're entering a new market, yeah. you're still zero to one. Exactly, you have yeah. to start, you have to be humble, and you have to start. But I see a lot of, of space and potential. And tell us a little bit more about your experience with China or these Chinese founders. Because you've been living in Shanghai for seven years and now you are moving to live in Vietnam, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. And what gets you back to Shanghai and 
continue these communications and exchanges with our tech ecosystem in China or? Yeah, okay, first of all, I didn't plan to move out of Shanghai. It just happened. <laughs> I left for a trip just before the lockdown and so and then when I after a few months I realized that I probably had to focus more on southeastern market and being two years close in Shanghai didn't see that and also the war was opening and the superpower of the zoom calls were was fading yeah. so it was required for me to be more in contact with the investors with the founders <clears throat> so it was not really a decision so Piece of my heart is still here, and uh, I never lived so long in a city like Shanghai. I've, mm. I've, yeah, I traveled always a lot. I've been more than 60 countries, but the first time I really lived in a foreign country for me that was China. So Shanghai is my second hometown. That's, and it's that's really great. It, it's gonna stay like that no matter mm. what, <clears throat> and I hope it will go back and and grow more than it was before. So there is some sentimental reason to come here for me, of course, and now that it's open. I can imagine me coming back and forward often. We are not addressing the small investor here because for regulatory reason, we are not active in China. So yeah. this is very, we can invest in companies that have headquarters outside China, that have China's main market. So this we can do, but it's happening less and less because the Chinese company are either focusing exclusively on China right now or going outside China. Yeah. But on the ecosystem of investment, that is a different story because the Chinese funds are definitely looking for Southeast Asia. Yeah. There is a strong refocusing on the strategy. So this is what we are mostly trying to achieve right now. And then of course there is a foreign community that is still alive and kicking in China. Mm -hmm. And I think there is still like 500, 600,000. And many of them qualify as a credit angel. So yeah. Still a, a target. So I would say these are the main reasons. And, and then partners in other area, exhibitions or inform, information media that are global player anyway. Because China is the strongest regional player anyway. Yeah. And some company may also have interest to, for Chinese market too and see expansions here. Yeah, there's more both from the connecting with the angel investors as well as some of the tech founders who might both ways, both yes. foreign looking to China and China looking yes. to the global emerging markets. Correct. Correct, yeah. correct. How can they find you or how can they get in touch with CrossFound? Okay, this is a tricky one because we are yeah, a private no, we are a private platform. Uh -huh. Yeah, we are a private platform because of the nature of our business. We are not it's not easy to reach. The best is to talk to one of our partners, so to get a warm intro. We we partner really with any institutions. We, we don't make a really discrimination. We're working a lot with Techstar, SSV, for example, but this is just a coincidence because we have a previous relationship and we have some successful deals done together, but we are open to cooperate with everyone. So normally my recommendation would be to ask a warm intro. We are quite active on LinkedIn. This is also not easy in China, but mm -hmm. it's achievable. Everywhere outside China, <laughs> we know yeah, it's achievable. achievable. Yeah, yeah. So this is probably the best ways to reach out to us. We have a lot of scouts. We also reach out sometime ourselves else in the mm -hmm. industry. But yeah, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best way to, to interact with us at the moment. And we have a newsletter that is probably the most accessible one with the, that you can enroll on from the web. And then that's probably the, the easy way to, to keep in touch and know. We actually publish a lot of information about Southeast Asian market or emerging market. We cooperate, we build reports. We have a very active content team and we use this material to sharp our 
DD, yeah. but also we share this information with the community. Yeah. And because we try to educate also people. Many people invest only in developed market. They think it's safe, pun intended. You know what's happening right now, right? Yeah. So it, it doesn't seem that stable, but yeah, I would say these are the best way. That's good. And we probably like cover already some part of it, mm. but I still want to hear what you think is the next step for mm. cross-fund or for mm. you personally. Okay, personally, I think build a strong ecosystem in Southeast Asia, the same as I've done in China, I believe, personally. And uh, second, uh, as a company, we just launched recently this concept of open funding. Mm. So despite the fact that we are a private platform, we are in reality much more open than other investment infrastructure. And we believe that the funding to, to cater the thousands of unicorns that are going to born in the next following years, we need more transparency. I think the industry has to change and become more open. Yeah. So we're trying to be as open as we can. We have a lot of plans to open up to the market and to the investors, to the founder. So I would say that my mission for 2023 will be open funding. So how can we make the funding process more open, more transparent, more accessible? And I think this is how I can contribute to a healthy ecosystem. Yeah, that's very wonderful and very inspiring. So thank you, David. It's really been nice meeting you and especially meeting you in Shanghai personally. After Singapore. <laughs> yes, after Singapore. And thank you for our audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beauty in China. And if you want to get in touch with CrossFound, you can find them at www.crossfound.com and subscribe to the newsletter, getting more information about the emerging market and also the open fund opportunities. Okay, thank you everyone. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you very much.